Welcome to the show where three friends rate, debate, and investigate the films you'll love to see and hate to see. This is You'll Love to See It. Welcome back to another episode of You Love to See It. It has been quite a few weeks since we've sat down to record an episode, and we thought it would be in our usual studio, but uh, unfortunately, we do not have that upgrade yet. Instead, we have a slight upgrade where we're talking four about of us, a net. Oh. not talking about a net, <laughs> where there's four of us, yes, four. Crowded but Zach, around a table. I thought the You Love to See It podcast was hosted by three people. I mean, it is. There's you, Caleb. I'm Caleb. Me, Zach. You're Zach. Sometimes Eric. You know Eric's when he when he there. when he likes to pipe in. Sometimes he can just be making some noises in the background. Um, okay, that's a little. Impressive <laughs> at Eric. I think I think I'm the master of silence in this podcast. The, the ma- you are sometimes master of silence, but we have a special, very special guest this week. Who's that? I'm going to let her introduce herself. Her name's Olivia. Sounds Hello. like you just introduced <laughs> <laughs> Just the first name. Hi, I'm Olivia. Um, excited to be talking about movies with these guys today. One movie in particular, but then many, many others. Uh, we're going to dive a little bit deep into your movie experience uh, and see uh, what your favorite is. Some, some of your favorites probably because the discussion we're going to have about the movie this week will only go about 20 minutes, maybe less, <laughs> honestly. Um, and if you did not know, by the episode title, which you could very clearly see, this week's episode is on The Card Counter by Paul Schrader, starring Oscar Isaac. Now, before we get into the film, I think we should talk about the trailer for this film, <laughs> that we were all able to enjoy together, minus Olivia. Did you see the trailer? No. Honestly, I don't know if it was better or worse than what we ended up seeing. I don't care if you've done something bad in your past. <laughs> <laughs> I really think, honestly, I would like to see the movie again just to write down, just to write down all the lines. You can do that. I mean, <laughs> I think I love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> it could be like a yearly movie ritual, like watching Pop Star or watching. Interstellar that for me. Fun, yeah, I mean, this could be fun. fun. You say sounds fun as if you haven't seen Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping. I haven't. You haven't seen Pop Star? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's what we really should have done for this Zach, episode. Zach, you, you didn't vet her before. Like, I, her didn't, I obviously did not. When is the next time we're going to watch Pop Star? Do we have, a, we have an anniversary coming up or some type of uh, uh, event in our friend group? Because it's been a while. When's the last time we all watched it? You guys probably watched it. Watched watched it. Like in spring. May, April. You watched it on Orcus. You've never heard of sure. Popstar? I've heard of it. Oh, you've heard of yeah. it. Okay. It looked bad, so I didn't. Maybe see we it. can follow up the. Did you yeah. just <laughs> Caleb's Caleb's <laughs> Caleb's double take there was amazing. Um, <laughs> Caleb, do you have any response to Popstar may seeming be seeming as a bad film? Um, I don't think so. No. Wow. I mean, that was a reference, but you wouldn't get it because you <laughs> haven't seen. <it. laughs> we'll we'll get we'll we'll get her on that train eventually. But before we get to films that Olivia has and has not seen, we're gonna do the card counter. Um, I wish we were actually like playing poker or something instead. At least Caleb and I do. Eric, I don't know how much you like. Not not a big mm. fan. I don't gamble. Only because the last time I I think I took your money last time we played poker. Actually, so. you don't remember the pocket aces. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I incident. forgot about that. I forgot about that. Mm. Now, honestly, that was more enjoyable than seeing this film. All right, Any let's talk. Time. Let's talk hard counter. I actually want to read rather than just going through a description like we usually do of the gist of the movie. I really want to read the letterbox 
summary because the way it reads is about how awful the trailer and the movie is. And I just feel like I have to read it in the most dramatic voice. This is like my voice acting debut right here. You ready? <clears throat> the Card Counter by Paul Schrader. Reap what you sow. William Tell just wants to play cards. His Spartan existence on the casino trail is shattered when he is approached by Kirk with a C, a vulnerable and angry young man seeking to help to execute his plan for revenge on a military, military colonel. Tell sees a chance at redemption through his relationship with Kirk, but keeping Kirk on the straight and narrow proves impossible, dragging Tell back into the darkness of his path. Past, not his path. <laughs> That sounds like a pretty good movie. It does. It, I mean, it's it's kind of compelling, but it reads like like almost like a fan fiction, um, which you know. honestly, the only thing that really reads to me in this is F I C I R K. That's the all C I, I R K. <laughs> it's it's. I want to say Cirque. Why did they put that detail in? I you know what do you guys think I, as as movie experts here, um, Caleb and Olivia and Eric. I would what, what, what is the power of making one of the main characters' name, changing it to be not Kirk with a K, but Kirk with a C? What, what, what does that invite the viewer to experience? How Pain. does that, how, <laughs> how does that change our understanding of Kirk as a character with a C, not character with a K? Like, what, what do we know about him more? I think it's telling you that Paul Schrader's a really young guy. He's hip. He's good with technology. C-I-R-K, that means Eric, you're unique. What else, what else in the movie? <laughs> he doesn't even know Google. Yeah, what else in the movie, Eric, would make you believe that, that Paul Schrader is really good with technology? I mean, he found Kirk's information on the internet. It's on the internet. Did you know? I, I didn't. I also heard... I, I never... Did you guys ever hear of Google Earth? What's Before that? Today? Sounds awesome. I don't know, but you can see the front and back of people's houses. It's kind of incredible. It's like Paul Zillow. Schrader did research just playing GeoGuessr. Just playing GeoGuessr. It's like, it's Botswana. So it's Botswana. <laughs> I didn't know you liked GeoGuessr. So Interesting. I actually, oh, I'm so I, bad at GeoGuessr. It's, dude, people are so skilled on it. Like, the, they do, like, the still images, and they can just know in, like, three seconds. Like, oh, yeah, this is uh, the Philippines. And I'm like, that's wild. Unfortunately, the episode Sounds is like not you've on never Geo been Guesser. to the Philippines, Zach. I can't say I have. I mean, on GeoGuessr, probably, but not in real life. Um, yeah. Well, where do we start with this? The card counter. Also, can we just talk <laughs> about this weird picture at the top of the letterbox? Like, look at how edited this photo is. Of I, I, I can't even tell that's Oscar Isaac a little bit. Like, does that even look like him? Yeah, it looks. You know, we've all seen early Game of Thrones here. Yes. I've seen early Game of Thrones. So you know when when that guy's head gets dunked in a bowl of gold? It <laughs> kind yes. of looks like... It, it kind of does look well, like actually, that. It's much more on your phone, Zach. Do you have some kind of tint on? Oh, well... Oh, you know what it could be? Like the night filter. That's like for is. like uh, the... Yeah, because it does look more normal. I like... I really love... I think there's a lot to be talked about, like, just in terms of liter like like theatrical power in having this this little symbol of the ace right there. Or That's uh, a spade. Sorry, <laughs> Did Eric just correct me on cards? What the hell am I living in? What world am I in? Um, you know, it really reminds me of that character on Ted Lasso who like everyone thought was CGI. There's a character that? that people thought was, was CGI Have you seen that? Ted Lasso? I saw this man, he won an Emmy today, and I saw him <laughs> accept his Emmy everyone. and he looks like CGI. What do you mean? Like in he in real life he in looks real like life, CGI. He looks like CGI. What does that mean? Like he just doesn't no, no, look like real. Like look up Ted Lasso CGI character and this. See Ted Lasso actor finally disproves Roy Kent CGI conspiracy <laughs> by chugging chocolate milk. Well, can I ask you a question, Eric? Um, does this guy have any like? Did he have any like? This is what he Facial looks like. work done like. <laughs> That's what he looks like in the show. Oh my god, Wait. he looks like a, like a Madden character. Yeah, he looks like he belongs in a sport. Wait, what? Wow, that's, crazy. that's incredible. He does not look like a real person. He does. Why is his skin? It's like his skin is so slick and like shiny. Oh my god. It's like, like too well he, done. I thought it was like a digital effect, but no, I, he accepted an Emmy today and on stage he's making a speech. He looks exactly like this. That's so crazy. He looks like too smooth. <laughs> Honestly, if he was in the film, it probably would have made the card counter a more enjoyable experience because I would have been talking about, look how smooth that guy's face is. 
Are you kidding me? <laughs> he does not. Dude, I, what, are you sure this isn't just like a weird conspiracy theory? But like in actuality, someone's been editing the, the photos. Like, I think this might be Caleb getting us again. Just like he got us with watching this movie. Like, he actually okay, switched the was, tape. Perhaps I switched the me. tape. But it was not my idea. I'm just going to leave that on the record forever. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's actually talk the card counter as, as best as possible. Eric, you're, you're familiar with Paul Schrader, correct? To an extent. What, 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 what is his previous works? He wrote Baby Drivers. Taxi Driver. Did he? Oh, I was like, did I he thought, really I write? Said, I, no, no, I thought you said Baby Driver last. Oh, no, he wrote Taxi Driver, Raging He wrote. Ball. But he Eric does direct. love himself some Baby Driver. I Eric actually does not, don't. Actually, but he hates Baby Driver. He wrote Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, Mishima, Last Temptation of Christ. Oh, that's very different. Yeah. Um, wow. First Reformed. I, Wait, that did was he a, write or oh, direct? He wrote and directed First Reform. Was that his directorial debut? No, his directorial debut was Blue Collar in 1978. How is that genuine? Genuine. It's a very well loved film. I mean, Taxi Driver is considered like one of the best movies of all time. I've I've still yet to see it, but I know that you are a big fan of First Reform. Obviously, I am a big fan. That was a big like. Freshman year of college, like I just got, I think I had Letterboxd for less than a month when I when I saw First Reformed. So let me ask you, Eric, as the kind of intro wiggle way into discussing this movie. Uh, <laughs> so the what? The, <laughs> the wiggle way. The, the intro wiggle way. <laughs> as we wiggle our way into the film. <laughs> Sometimes Eric, I just whip out these idioms. Um, in what? Wiggling. How could a director and writer so well known for a movie that you love, like First Reformed, what what went wrong for Mr. Paul Schrader here? Paul Schrader is actually like sort of famous for his directorial stuff for being like either like really good or really like really really bad for his writing or his directing. Directorial. So his, what about his the writing? Movies he's, the movies he directs since for probably for the last like. Ever since, probably, honestly, like, ever since you started directing, like, people love Blue Collar. American Gigolo is pretty big. But, like, a lot of them, people, like, really do not like. I think people don't like, like, Hardcore, I think, is not a very well-loved one. Like, Light Sleep, I think people don't like Light Sleeper either. But, like, his directorial work is very hit or miss. And, like, First Reform was considered, like, a return to form for him. Because he hadn't made, like, a big movie in, like... Many many years, like like honestly, like I feel like maybe like decades. <laughs> so he hit very hard with first reformed, and then he, did he just miss the complete board with this? Is that is that how it went then? Nice, <laughs> thanks, <Yeah>. Caleb. <laughs> is that about accurate then? Yeah, he made first reformed, and then the, the first reformed was his last movie, though, right? It was his most recent movie. Is there any similarities? Between First Reformed and this film, like, yes, in, in they're how like the, the same movie. How so? It's like the Paul Schrader storyline. It's like man becomes like sad boy man becomes like very invested and becomes more and more like angsty and like sad. Oftentimes, they strike up a relationship with a younger woman. Like in Taxi Driver, it's with Jodie Foster's like oh, twelve-year-old. Yeah, um, first reformed, he like starts a relationship with Amanda Seyfried um, in the card counters with Tiffany Haddish, and then at the end they have this like semi-religious, like violent encounter, and it's like, is it real? Is it not? So in this case, so the, in this the case, it's, it's the torture. It's, yeah, murder it's like Taxi Driver scene. placed onto. Poker. So <laughs> and all the while, these men are writing down some. They're, happy yeah, they're writing down oh, in a diary a, with a voiceover. Okay, and all I was. Movies, uh, yeah, I definitely know a little bit about. Like, I've I've seen pieces of that. So I know we have a long list of them, but I'm curious. I guess since all three of you, Olivia, are you familiar with Paul Schrader films? Have you seen a few? I've seen Taxi Driver. Okay. And I've, uh, this is my first Paul Schrader film ever, so I'm, I'm speaking sorry. of... <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I know, right? You got to start from the bottom somewhere sometimes, right? So... It's <laughs> very nice. It's very inspirational, Zach. <laughs> it's all up from here. Um, 
what can you say went wrong here? Like what did not work here compared? Because it seems like the formula somewhat stayed the same. But in all four of us case, and what's funny is what we were talking about in terms of, you know, for the viewers is we were initially turned off by the trailer to seeing this film. And then we saw a lot of positive reviews. Eric, you mentioned seeing reviews from people that you usually are pretty like, like you not, I, not I like trust. respect, but like you that trust. That I somewhat trust. And then <laughs> not, <laughs> not anymore. Not, not anymore. <laughs> like the four of us came out of it feeling very negatively about the film. <laughs> and so my question is, is there anything you can say to kind of get get us started on the the bad, which <laughs> might be the majority of this conversation? If the formula stayed the same, what did not work here? What 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 did not work here compared to his other films? I honestly think it's like the like milieu, the like the entire like premise of it, like just doesn't. So work the premise, for the, me. Like, like the poker, like it it's, it plays almost like. He, the focus he wants, like I don't know why he like we talked about this right after we got out of the movie, but he, like it plays like why why is poker even part of this? Like mm-hmm. the major like terrifying aspect of this movie is like post nine eleven like torture, Abu Ghraib yeah. torture, and that seems like what Paul Schrader would normally go for. But there's this whole like weirdly comedic like pulpy card like poker tournament going on the entire time that just like does not work i i i like couldn't take it seriously okay what's something else that you think doesn't work to me it wasn't really the premise although i think the premise was wasted uh i think because the poker ends up being so insignificant uh, i think to the overall story but and i think a, a simple flaw to point out was just the dialogue which (laughs) made me feel like I was in some sort of uncanny valley not visually as is traditional but just listening to these people it was Mm -hmm. just kind of one turn of the dial or sometimes two turns or three turns of the dial away from how normal people speak and I think he was trying to go for something realistic. Uh, Zach and I both had an idea after the movie that it kind of felt like the dialogue was written by bots. Like it was auto-generated that you, you, you stuck a robot in front of a movie screen and, and made it watch a bunch of footage and then asked it to pump out a movie uh, in the vein of, of Paul Schrader. Uh, and that's what really prevented me from taking anything seriously. It's just everything was so funny because it was just so wrong, but not wrong in a completely disjointed way from reality. Just wrong enough uh, to pull you out completely and, and make you question and be sad at everything. Yeah, I guess I guess my complaint wasn't necessarily the premise. It was mostly the like construction of it. It's like there is this like idea in there. And everything around is so. There seems to be separate. To like ideas. almost, it's, it was it was pretty much camp. Like it was like you pushed up to like camp when that's clearly not what the movie wanted to be. Yeah, and I think before Olivia kind of shares something, uh, she's giving me a little bit of a terrified face right now. Um, but call that you know, first time on the episode, it's okay. You know, I mean, she's around famous people, obviously. You know, over over oh, over eight hundred, a thousand listeners on. <laughs> total or something like that. So uh, daily, daily, obviously, hourly, uh, yeah, minutely, minutely. I don't know. Um, yeah, the dialogue was weird. In fact, it's funny because it's almost like he tried to write the dialogue so realistic. Because like uh, normal conversation, oftentimes issues I have with movies is sometimes dialogue can seem too fancy, too fabricated. And it seems like he was like, okay, I want to get it really realistic down to the nitty gritty, down to the awkward pauses and the ums and uh and the what are you doing? Like like the the, the, the weird conversations we have in life. But like 
maybe that's not meant to be done on the screen, or maybe there's a much better way of doing it because there's a much better way of there doing is. it. There is, and maybe there, I mean, maybe one of you can suggest a movie that has very realistic dialogue. Um, but there's something was off. It was just like it's almost like there was just all these one-liners too, and it's just like. I don't even know. I think what was more frustrating sometimes was that it was just like <laughs> it, it seemed more plot-driven dialogue too. It's just like the yeah. point of the dialogue was not to give us anything other than like you know, like when she says, and I, I'm forgetting the character's name completely. Um, Linda. Yeah, Lalinda. <laughs> when, when she when she tells um, William um, that you know when she, they're in the walk in the park and she's just like you know your past like. Like, like, what? Like, your past, like, doesn't bother me no, or whatever. No, it's okay if you've done bad Yeah, things. like, it's like no one would ever say that. Like, it's just being said so the conversation and idea of his past can come up so we can get some type of, like, plot movement. And it's just so, <laughs> I don't know. It's just so bad. It's so nobody would ever say, I don't like prisons. Oh, <laughs> wait. <laughs> that line That's of, a like, prison. <laughs> yeah, like, I've never liked, or something like it was. It's, it's um, yeah, I don't like prisons. Every time I see them driving on the highway, it's like, oh, that's a prison. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like I understand because then, so, yeah. But the cool thing is then that afterwards they can talk about prison. Sure. And without that line, they couldn't do. You that. know what it Seamless is? Segue. What it's, they did, Paul Schrader did like the like, oh, I'm a quirky young person dialogue from like. Promising young woman, exactly, and like Candyman, and then he totally made it like ultra serious, like no affectation. <laughs> like, <laughs> and the like the pauses, yeah, and the spacing just made it so weird. So because like, other like, movies oh. have poor. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, if if you had said those in a. If the pacing were different, it wouldn't be as weird as that prison line coming out of fucking nowhere. Like, or even the line about like there was dead silence. There was dead silence because <laughs> of the fact. Uh, there was dead silence before she said the line too about like you can tell me your past or whatever, like you know whatever like it just comes out of nowhere like it, there's nothing natural about it despite how much Paul Schrader may have wanted it to be so Olivia what is something I mean you've seen Taxi Driver mm -hmm. right is that the only Paul Schrader film yeah. you've seen so I don't know if you can like kind of reflect back to that or even just in general what is something that did not work or that you were uh I I mean I loved that film but I was. He didn't direct that one. It was just the writing. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of worked better for that movie. His song. <laughs> yeah. it, it really did. So what is something about this movie that really rubbed you the wrong way? Uh, <clears throat> oh, there's a lot of it. Um, I, I really didn't like Tiffany Haddish in it, and I like her in a lot. I think she was just, it was weird that she was in that role. They wrote her a lot of terrible one-liners, and it, also, like, there was no chemistry between them. Oh, my gosh. There were What's a lot of just, out, that whole plot line was just out of place. Um... And yeah, why is her name Lalinda? Like Lalinda <laughs> and Kirk with a C. Like, are I, why? It's Paul Strader's quirkiness, man. This is how the real life quirkiness. is. Quirkiness. Quirkiness. You know what's funny is you were mentioning too as we left the theater about the woman crying. Oh, yeah. um, and there's it, there's actually, multiple moments in the film of things going on That's in the, the background the that have no part. Like, it, they're just there. I for think that no part reason. actually made sense because I think she was supposed to represent the audience. <laughs> <laughs> How you feel after watching the film? Yeah, you know, back to Lalinda's uh, introduction. If you were, guys remember when she first sits down, that whole inter I was cringing the whole time. It, that dialogue is god awful. It might be the worst, in my opinion, in like in worst section. And it's hard to say, like. The the like the dialogue between them seems so choppy, so uninteresting. Wait, so wait, why, and why did they put that whole thing with him being backed by like, like the whole you know where she's trying to get him into yeah the yeah. Thing? What was the plot because, point of that? Because it didn't wasn't matter. Important in it. Yeah, he just left. He dipped. Yeah, yeah. after he got like money that he ended up. Yeah, and then he thing. also left the final tournament. Just left. It was just so you know pointless. USA. And also, can we just like look, like so. The idea was that he was doing this, you know, there's this whole idea that, you know, you can never, he even says it explicitly, like, you know, how can you move on from your past, you know, like, or the washing away. Yeah, the body remembers. Yet, there is literally no reason, there's no reason given to the audience for why William would ever do this for Kirk. 
they meet each other one time and all of a sudden he's like, I'm gonna get this kid money. Like, there's no reason. I mean, obviously we can make some reason up. Obviously that he his knew his dad, dad and like and there's some, he went the yeah, right? But like, there's no build up there. There's no care in the world. It's just like pretty quickly you meet this kid and then he's just there. Like he really doesn't do anything the entire middle yeah, of the they film. They have to be bros and talk about getting laid and that. Like, yeah. Just, oh. Just yeah. Oh my god. So the line about the whole thing about like you meet your mom and I'll get yeah, laid. You go like see your mom. <laughs> yeah. Like what? And then and then how he brings that up with Tiffany Hatch. She's like, I made a bet that I have to like Dude. get laid. With you, basically. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, I like. I would. I, I made the pr promise to the boy that I would reveal my feelings. Yeah. The feel. The, it literally was feelings. like this. <laughs> Act my feelings. Of falling in love. <laughs> the, the, feel, <laughs> the feelings I have for you, and Which oh my god, yeah. What was the afraid of falling in love uh, line um, or something like that? She's asking Kirk with a C about his past. He's like, she's like, I'm in. Am I in danger? And Kirk says, of what falling in love? No, <laughs> there's no chemistry. So it's just that's out of place. It's like too. that wouldn't even work in any movie except maybe a very like. Cheesy. I'm thinking like Valentine Day movie. Like, like it, it would have to be the most. It just needs to be a very heightened. Like, I just movie. don't understand. Like one that like feels cohesive. Like it, it just needs to like. Like walk. Tell like tell me how Paul Schrader can be sitting down at a table, like William. I imagine the room's also covered in bed sheets completely, <laughs> and he's just writing on his little pad, and he writes that line about fucking. Are you afraid of you know of falling in love? I want I want to know what I want to be the fly in the room when he's like that's fucking he, he, no, amazing. He just, he just like, chuckled to he's like ha, ha, ha. like this. This is gonna win like, the audience right here. I just is there any is there any positives we can get from this film? That's what I want to know. Um, you know like. It's funny because at first I thought pretty early on with, you know, they only did it like three or four times when they were doing like stuff with gambling or poker. They'd like explain stuff and put things on the screen. I like, like that. Yeah. It felt very like um, the big short. Like it kind of felt like very like, you know, breaking the fourth wall to tell you about how these things work. Except, again, means nothing because poker had no meaning to the movie. The only... Like, the only thing is that when he was in jail, he learned how to play poker. That's it. Cool. And he was doing it to get money. Yeah. Himself. It's like, why do we care about any of this? Like, why do we, like, it, there's, I don't have a problem with the story, right? Like, a story is a story in the sense that, like, sure, you know, there's this card player who learned how to play in prison or count cards in prison and he used to work for, you know, the U.S. Gulag or whatever, you know, like, sure. But, like. It's so poorly constructed, like Eric was saying, that it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And there's one plus. I think Oscar Isaac did what he had to do with what he was given. I guess. I guess. I just don't think I ever believed that he was this character. Yeah, I. I, I never felt the same way that he. Like he never feels as misanthropic or like tortured as like Travis Bickle. Like. And mm. once everything else became silly, everything about, like, the actual serious things just became sort of not realistic and just uncomfortable. Like, you, I never believed, like, I'm, I'm such a sucker for, like, that, like, voiceover diary shit. Like, and I, I didn't believe, like, a single second of it, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, Oscar Isaac did, you know, what he could, I guess. You know, I thought Willem Dafoe would be in it more. And no, he was in two scenes. Three. He did what he could, I guess. Like he's that's off, the thing. It's just like for most of it. that's the thing. Is it's like I like I feel I don't even feel good about giving a pat on the back to Oscar Isaac and Willem Dafoe. Like, sure, you did what you had to, but like, I don't know. Like, is it is it do we do we give them any of the bad? Like, do they share any of the blame, or is it is this all landing on Paul Schrader? You know. It's like hard to tell. I mean, it's like can, how much can an actor really do, right? Like, are we expecting actors to transcend what they're given? I mean, I, I question how they ever stayed even in the if, movie. Even if they were like incredible, it wouldn't have made it better, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I Caleb. What do you think? I mean, do you think it's pretty much lands on? It's not their fault. 
That's, that's a, all I've got to say. That's a good. I about mean, that it's interesting. Um, did you read any of David Ehrlich's review, Eric, or anything like that? Um, I probably skimmed it. Yeah, and it's really, it's really. I don't know. It's just so interesting. Never before have I have I looked at reviews of a movie and tried so hard to put myself in the shoes of someone else and be like, what the hell? Kind of like what what did they watch? Because yeah. I didn't get the same experience. So it's like to me. There's just like so much positivity behind this movie that I'm almost like, am I going in as a cynic? C- cynic? Cynical? Is that cynic? Is that a word? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, I almost was like, am I just like, <laughs> am I pretentious now with the movies that I like? But I just, it's like, this was objectively terrible, right? No, I went into this completely open minded. I didn't even see the trailer and I thought it was terrible. So I think you're justified. I, yeah. I, I don't even know. Also, I mean, Eric mentioned the score um, as we were coming out, or I guess complete lack of <laughs> and everything like that. I mean, this is, I don't have the time to go through right now um, all of this, but I mean, it's just crazy how so much positivity can can come out of this film when it's like, we've hated on films before, but like I felt like a lot of them would at least like, I don't know. They've like had some amount of trying in it. So <laughs> that's all I'll say. Should we wrap up on the card counter, Caleb? You do not look like you're having fun with the card counter. This is the most fun I've had with the card <laughs> counter. All right. Why don't we why don't we change? Do, do you guys have anything else to say about uh Paul Schrader or the card counter before we move on to something maybe a little bit more interesting? Eric or Caleb? Or Olivia. Wait. <laughs> Give me one second. Okay. <laughs> I enter unwashed into a world that disrespects me and despises my values. That's all I have left to say. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Schrader, 2016. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> all right. How about we talk about something else that's a little bit more fun? Sure, Zach. Like what? Well, we do have a guest on this week. Ooh. And we do. It is, I think, a good idea to have our guests share a little bit of some films that they enjoy, maybe things they've seen recently that they liked or didn't like. Have you seen a lot of films this year? Uh, not as many as I would like to have. Well, I, your year is just getting started then, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Happy September, everyone. That's true. <laughs> that is true. To be fair, it's not like there's been a lot of amazing films you've missed this year. That's probably a lie. I'm sure there's some... some no, weak year, Caleb. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, go I, watch the Green Knight. I feel like. I, oh, I, I do want to see that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can go you didn't see the Green. What was the last movie you saw in theaters before uh, before this? Um, oh, that's a good question. Oh, I saw. <laughs> I was with my little brother, so we saw the Jungle Cruise. You oh, saw Jungle yeah. Cruise. How was Jungle Cruise? Throwing your little brother under the bus. Well, yeah. <laughs> I would never have gone to that film. Never? never. Wow. Never, Wait, why? Because it's for babies? <laughs> no, because <laughs> it looked so unappealing to me. Um, I I mean, it was Disney. It was exciting. It was. That's what I think of when I think of Disney. Exciting. No. I mean, I didn't hate it. You didn't hate it? No. Okay. Well, that's good. I, I I I never saw it. Well, the Lumiere Music Hall is still playing Annette. Wait. Yeah, I guess you have not seen Annette either. What is Annette? Oh no, oh, <laughs> and that's where this podcast was heading straight towards was oh, Eric's. <laughs> First she questioned. I'm out. Uh, pop star. Next she questioned Annette. Now she's gonna come through in a second and say sounds that she's like you only... need to listen to the episode of the podcast on yeah, Annette. Yeah, sounds like there's it. an episode. Okay. I wasn't yeah. even. I wasn't even on the podcast. <laughs> I was. Uh, I was not there for that one. The only episode I've ever missed. But. Yeah. All right. What else have you seen recently? Well, you have to. Okay. This has to be more structured. Is it literally me just ri- listing movies? I'm um, we'll just yeah, go. I want. I want name, the full diary. Name. name every all right. Name one. the last hundred movies you've seen <laughs> in order. How about okay. this? Without looking. We're we're trying to learn a little bit about you okay. as uh, as a movie watcher. And so when we first did the episode or the podcast together, our first episode was going through some of our <clears throat> top rated movies, our worst movies. So why don't you on your letterbox? 
go to your highest rated movies and how about you give us a little bit of <laughs> yes. <laughs> how about you give us a little bit of insight into some of these start start naming some off and we can talk about them start well, with any that are in the <laughs> the leftmost <laughs> column there is one that we're all eyeing okay, right now that I we have to I did put cats as five stars because I had an amazing time I want to see I it. ate calamari in the theater I was not sober as one would say um uh, I really love the movie Diva. Have you seen it? Shit, I have it's a not seen French Diva. movie about an opera singer and a postman. It's my dad showed it. Apparently, when he was young, he would like run to the uh, the movie store. Those existed and like the get it every store. week Ooh. and renew it. And it is so cool. So, what does that really musical bad. have to do with cats? Though? It's not a musical. And it has not, oh, I'm well, just, <laughs> I'm talking about a highly rated movie that's not Cats. Oh, okay, okay. Cats, that's not the sense, I mean, I. Oh, is that movie also on your, yeah. on your list? Yeah, and so is The Room, also for reasons like Cats, <laughs> because it's just a great watching Because experience. you ate calamari? No. <laughs> <laughs> During the film. Because they're both objectively bad, but I had fun watching them. Sometimes objectively bad movies can be great to watch in yeah. the right circumstances. Yeah. The card counter, right? No. <laughs> right? Maybe. Nope. I have Not never even. watched it in the right circumstance. I'd have to be more prepared. No, we had a few good laughs, but I don't think the rest would be worth it. Like it's. Yeah, it might be more pain. Yeah. That's true. What else is on the list? Uh, Spirited Away. I, I've actually. Ooh, not, you're in a room of. Oh my you're, gosh. Oh my up. god. You're, you're, this is not the that's best. The, that's, that's, yeah, that's the only Hey, it's funny. I've never seen it, so I will have to watch it sometime. And then um, I like Raw a lot. I love horror. Unfortunately, this is, this I, is not the best movie for Raw. <laughs> 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 no. Like, I, like, I, I think Raw is a cool movie, though. This I is just Letterboxd. Nice. Wait, wait. Go back to your five stars. What else no, is I on there? No, I don't have that many on there. You didn't finish naming them. Um, oh my god. Um, okay, here, let's go to four and a half because I feel like that's more accurate. Ooh. Um, and it's Sounds like we need a reshuffle of the ratings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see Arrival as a four and a half star. You love to see I, that. Yeah, Arrival. Rear Window, so I think beautiful. he'd love that. Rear window, window. Unfortunately, Rear Window is not one of my favorite Hitchcock. <laughs> oh, I thought so you really liked please. Rear Window. No. <laughs> is that Caleb? Someone who's seen it two or three times. Is that Caleb? No. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> guy Let the right one in. I see. Have you seen that? I have not seen that that's one. I've seen Heather's. So I also like, I like Heather's. Heather's. I like Heather's. I like Heather's a lot. I see Donnie Darko. Um, I, Donnie I can Darko. tell you right now, both of them are not fans. Okay. Um, right. Wait, no, I like Heather's. I just Donnie, Donnie Darko. Darko. Oh, you said both. You're like, yeah. Oh, Donnie Darko. Rushmore, Breakfast Club, I'd Lost breakfast. in Translation, Requiem for a Dream, Frank. Have you seen that? It's cute. It's with. I've never seen Frank. Eraserhead. Eraserhead. I love Lynch. Um, oh my god, me too. Hereditary. I'm a huge. What's your favorite Lynch film? Fan. Firewalk with me. Have you seen a lot of Lynch? Yeah, yeah. Have you seen every Lynch film? No, close? but a I've lot. seen all but Dune. I haven't seen Dune either, or um, the one with Nicolas Cage. Wild at Heart. Yeah, that one's mm, too. I'm just gonna speak for myself and everyone and say that this is not the room for David Lynch <laughs> appreciation. Why? Do you, are you not a David Lynch fan? Sounds like some. you need to be a little more open-minded in this room. This room has a lot of... Sounds um, like you lack empathy. <laughs> <laughs> no more no guests. <laughs> no more guests on the podcast. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm just looking at some other ones. Oh, I saw my own private Idaho. Yeah, don't... And that yeah, made I me love excited. I see St. Maude on We're there. We're a big... Uh, Gus Van Sant. We're or a big Jerry room. If, if you've heard of Jerry, that's we're a big Gus Van Sant room. I like my yeah. That my own private Idaho is great. I will watch that a million times. Yeah. So you're okay. So we were talking in the car. I feel like it it sucks that we didn't get all that in recording the other day because we were talking about in the car well, ride it's back. Horror. Yeah, but you're you're you're, you're not horror. Well, that's my thing. Is like, you're a huge horror fan. I would say, I mean, I don't know. I almost said I don't know Caleb and Eric that well, but I probably know them very well. Um, but I, I don't think it's bold to say you're probably the biggest horror fan here. So the question is, what are Caleb and Eric's, some of your favorite horror movies so she can judge you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel like, like I she need needs to, to be able to judge you. <laughs> so for me, I'll say that I haven't seen a lot of horror movies. So, so you're so you're gonna you're gonna let yourself off? I might be able to let my let myself off the hook a little bit because for me, I recently saw um, a movie. 
Well, Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. <laughs> Close-ish to horror, I guess. Um, audition. That's, Audition's great. I saw Audition's the, so good. The Strangers. Oh, and, and you was, didn't like it. It was terrible. It was terrible. Is that your favorite horror No, movie? that's not. I, I didn't say my favorite. I was just looking at Um See, this is the thing is I haven't seen a lot of horror. Okay, do Why we consider you... A Quiet Place a ho- horror film? Because I really yeah, like Yeah, it's a, a horror Quiet thriller. Place. Yeah. I thought for John Krasinski, you can, you can like, go by his, his horror directorial oh. debut, I thought that was a really good movie. The um, second one has a major plot hole that uh, was impossible to overlook that everyone, the lighthouse everyone in my is family immediately horror? noticed. Yeah, the lighthouse I guess. is the fly. The fly's great. The fly is not. Zach love... loves the fly. <laughs> Zach I do loves really like the, the fly. End of the fly. He loves <laughs> keeping his eyes glued to the screen. No, I will not. I get squeamish with body horror. Oh, body horror is like one of my favorite. I love I it. Love I love it. Body horror is like no, so I love it too. Cool. Possessor was one of my. I I really yeah, love I, Possessor. I love you haven't seen Possessor, right? No, we were that's on my watch that. list. We have to. We can watch that because I think that would be one you really liked. I don't know how Zombie Land. Have you seen Dead Ringers? Uh, that's, no, my, that's my that's uh, my favorite Cronenberg. Um, have you seen <laughs> Crash? <laughs> <laughs> I love Crash. Oh my god! Wait, Crash might be my favorite Cron. Okay, really? Oh wow! I feel like this room would not be. Re- I have you guys seen Caleb? Crash? I would not be receptive to Crash. Caleb, I think you would. I don't know. I, th- I mean, what's Crash about? It's the, the one car crash where they one? have the car crash fetish. Oh, I, she's told me a little about that. It's so Caleb, good. Caleb, I think that might be a movie it's, night. It's very interesting, I will say. That might be a it Halloween was, it was movie night. It's hard to stop watching. I have a copy. I think we should do it. I just want to mention that on the horror section, Little Nikki is here, probably because it was a horror <laughs> to film critics. Um, I gave it one and a half stars, though, so it's not. Solo, anyone? Oh, I love Solo. We, For the I, let's talk about Solo. Let's talk about Solo. We, we've been we've been you know we've been dancing Solo. over yeah. movies here. Okay, let's, let's talk, talk about. I've never Solo. seen Solo. <laughs> <laughs> no, you I can't mean, just introduce it. I mean, I think the craziest back. thing about Solo is that it's like sort of like very beautifully shot. That's that's the thing. That Isn't me. Solo? It's, it, I can't like the content. <laughs> I can't really yeah. watch. Isn't Solo have to do with like composition? Kids. It's, it's torture of. Six boys and six, six girls. Why would I ever see? Can I just ask you guys a question? Let me ask you a question mm-hmm. from a fundamental standpoint. Why? Why would you ever watch it? I mean, to me, Solo like actually plays like a political statement. Like, oh, yeah, it, it it's does very about... much so. Like Caleb doesn't agree, but like there are movies that play like smut, and Solo does not actually. What's smut? You know, Solo. No, like just like there are movies that play like torture porn, and Solo does not play like torture. Okay, porn. so you, yeah, you think. It's the a very reason that movie. this is like, worth watching completely. is because it gets you to think politically. Like, or it gets yeah. you to think something you would it's, have not. And it's, like, extreme enough to make you really, like, to give a visceral response. It's just so what it's it's having, it's you're like, having the visceral response is part of the experience. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Because like, it's, holy. it's very, very But it's, like, can't I already know that that would make me have a visceral experience <laughs> without watching it? Isn't that enough? To know that torture of children is not something I would That's like. not exactly the like, that's not exactly the statement though. Okay. Okay. So there's more to it. I, I mean, I, I don't think so. I, I don't think there's much more. <laughs> Here's the funny thing. It. Caleb says that. And I say this, but, or say what I said. But I saw, I've seen many lists that say like, you know, 100 movies you have to see before you die. And Solo is consistently on the list of like top films that you have to see. And I'm like, why? So um, it's interesting. Yeah, you found that list on what masochism.com. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I won't confirm or deny that, but I'm just I, I'm interested. It's very interesting, especially because I feel like there's it's just like a genre, right? I mean, not even genre, but like we were talking the other day in the car about disturbing movies, and my question is like, why would you ever like? Why would you expose yourself to that? Because your friend like, Eric asked you to watch it with him. For the podcast. We do things for no, the podcast. No, you were so into it. You were very <laughs> into I was like, was like, <laughs> when I was like, I was like, I was like oh my God, like, I found a copy of Solo. History. We have to watch it. And you're like, oh my God, like, yes. You were like, you were, you were like, you were like, when else are we going to watch Solo? The truth comes out. I wish this was a video podcast <laughs> so you could see my reaction. I know, I know. I wish. No, too. Like, like, I think Solo, like. No, of all the movies that are like. Regarded as most disturbing, that one is the one I would recommend watching it because it has that deeper underlying message. And it's it like is, it, it does a very uh, sorry. I just, yeah, no, 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 no. It does a very good job of like implicating the audience in it. That's I yeah. think that's part of what makes it uncomfortable. Mm. And the, it, like 
the beautification of it and the implications. It's, it's, like, it's the same reason you watch horror movies or go to fuck, you go to haunted houses. It's that to feel. But I don't. I don't do either I mean, of those. I things. Do, you don't go <laughs> do do to haunted houses to, like to feel, you know, the the suffering of torture children. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, so I go to the haunted. The motivation house. for watching things that people are like, oh my god, you can't watch. Like if someone it's, tells you to don't Google like, this, are you gonna Google it? Yeah, you want to see what it is. <laughs> sometimes yes, other times. This reminds maybe me not. of a, every uh, time conversation we had in our Mad Men class. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. Um. It was about basically like people in the class wondering like why would I ever watch Mad Men because I'm just watching hor- like horrible people do like horrible things. Yeah, I, so you're saying they're in the the they're the same line of reasoning can be drawn between why watch films, why, basically why watch ironic films or films that are clearly portraying, like like why watch a film like Taxi Driver. Yeah, I you're saying the reason is, is, is like, why do we same. watch unpleasant things? Like, like Solo has this cult status behind it, like that makes it this like holy grail of something that people want to watch. But I, I, I think at the basis of it too, I, I think, uh, oh no, there's no glee in it. I feel like I feel like for something to be torture porn to it, there has to be some sort of like, yeah. Like it's, there's joy it's behind it, yeah, whereas, it's, whereas Solo distinctly plays or just like, like no reasoning behind it. Yeah, Solo distinctly plays as like very angry to me. Like I, I remember and very controlled. I I, I agree Kale with everything. Is you're shaking his head, but yeah, let me ask you, Olivia, if you had a, like I, I don't want to put you on the hot seat here. Well, you already. But have. I'm but I'm curious. I mean, that's just being on the podcast. You're <laughs> you're eternally in the hot seat. The question is, so what like. Why are you a big fan of horror and big fan of, like, you know, like, you told me that you have, like, watched a lot of films that you knew would make you uncomfortable just so that, like, like why? Like, what about them, what about kind of disturbing films draws you to them? And why do you see it as something you like? Uh, I don't know. I've always been fascinated at the creativity of people who envision these horrific things and bring them to life. Um, and I also don't... There are nothing in the world that make me sad. I don't like watching movies that I get very emotionally invested in the characters and horror. You kind of just watch them get killed off. It sounds really <laughs> bad, but um, yeah, it, it's pretty bad. But uh, <laughs> but you said you know like you said from a young age you would watch kind of these very like mature yeah. horror films. Well, that was also, like, I had a friend in middle school who I hope she's doing well. I don't know what she's doing now, but she, like, she encouraged me she to watch most of them. And then, and then I realized there was a stopping point where I was like, okay, I think something's wrong because you do this for your own pleasure. I kind of was like, oh, this is, this is cool. I'll watch the next one with you. But, like, when you, I mean, you go out of your way to watch, like, a lot of horror films. And, like, do, like what do you feel after you watch them? Like, I, I mean, I, like, what I'm saying is, like, do you, are you just, like... Like, so, like, is the adrenaline or, like, the, the fear you get from them, like, like, is that, like, a positive? Like, yeah. you, know what I, you know what I'm trying to yeah. say? It's, like, to me, like, I'm just so, like, I don't know why. I'm just so, like, skittish and, like, scared of that stuff. But no, I, like. Is it kind I, of, like, about facing fear, too? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't find myself f- too faced by much anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I just often find these disturbing, um, especially body horror. It's just super creative at the same time. Yeah, it's I think that's disturbing. true. I've, I mean, I've rarely, I've very... Like, I used little. to, like, want to write horror, write these scenarios, envision these used creatures. Used to. Yeah. You still got plenty of time. <laughs> you, you ain't getting that old yet. <laughs> you know? We'll see. Well, I mean... I will. I feel like it's you know I'm trying to get a little bit more into horror too. So I, well, I've, had, I've had. Uh, <laughs> it's true. It's a very. I, I think I'm. Sound, sound I'm a little. I'm, I'm a scaredy cat. I don't know what to say. It'll be an say. easy jump from card counter to solo. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? You think they're very similar in nature? Very similar in rating. Very similar. Well. I'm glad we had you on the podcast this week, um, even glad if it was for <laughs> even if it was for not the greatest movie. But at least we will forever remember the first podcast that we all four did together was the Card Counter, um, and it will live uh, in history forever. Um, and if you liked listening to Olivia's thoughts, 
or hearing her taste in movies, or just want to learn more about what it's like eating calamari at the movie theater, <laughs> you can find her on Letterboxd at... Oh, no, that's so embarrassing. Uh, we'll just search Olivia McGrath. I'm a picture of a lizard. Don't, <laughs> don't look up my username. I don't think that's I a... That's a joke. Picture of a lizard. <laughs> picture of a lizard Letterbox. on Letterboxd. I'm sure there's not many of those. Well, before we oh, wrap be up, surprised, eh? before we wrap <laughs> a whole up, community. Eric, what do we have to look forward to <laughs> now that we are, uh, now that we're really getting into the last couple months of 2021, what, what films are you most excited for? We've talked about this a little bit. But Oop, I have a list. It's on Letterboxd. Number one, Dune. So we did see the trailer. We usually talk about trailers at the beginning. We did see the trailer for, um, was it Last Night in Soho? That looks good. And I think last night, so it looks good. You're like what? You're in, so you're in between on that. You're not too against all, the only movie that the only movies that I would say I'm very like. Actually, I think the only movie I'm very attached to is Memoria. Memoria. And then behind that, like, it's like Spencer. I'm very excited for Spencer, House of Gucci, and Titan. Caleb, you don't you don't have any any films you're really excited to see? I have no faith. In, in films anymore. In I mean, in fact, films anymore. I, I heard that, you know, making films is useless. You know, you should honestly just burn cars. In fact, as a good documentary in our recent class once told us, um, if you have not seen the documentary Profit. Capital has won. Capital has won. Olivia, what are you excited for? Shrek 5. All right, well. Yes! <laughs> yes. All right, well, that was a good one. that's not an endorsement. <laughs> Caleb is back Olivia. on the train of allowing Olivia Cinema to have Cinema is back. alive and well. <laughs> <laughs> he was gone most of the podcast after your pop star comment, and now he is back Shrek on the train. Shrek always brings me back. <laughs> Shrek always brings him back. Well, we're glad to have you on this week, and... The four of us are happy to have done a podcast, even if it was on perhaps one of the worst films uh, we've seen in quite some time. Next week, hopefully next week, we will be back in the studio recording on a movie that I don't know if we figured out quite yet, but at least finally we will be back in the studio. So until next time, have a good one.